Brady. This is Club Hell. Thanks for coming, kids. Hey, Hello. This is Notes from the Back Row. A cinema podcast of commentary, questions, answers, dreams, fears, joy rides, hell rides, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the Mind. Hello, Dan Gorman here. I am too sick to be a part of this episode and so I have been assigned the introduction instead. Unfortunately, I am a robot now. The back row gang are going to talk about alternative Oscar movie picks though, so enjoy that. Beep boop borp, 10010111110 haha just kidding, anyway enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the latest episode of Notes from the Back Row. I'm here with Veronica. Hey. And Carlo. Hello. And poor Dan, uh, rest his soul, is in the hospital with the flu. And we wish him all the best. We love you, Dan. We are very sorry that you are not alive. We hope that you love, live in the future. Yeah, don't die on us, Dan, please. <laughs> please I mean, don't. He's in Canada. They have great health care. You'll be fine. Worry about us. He's going to come out like a robot cyborg. Um, <laughs> oh, that would that's, be that's all. That's what the Canadian healthcare system is. We don't know <laughs> that. But it's like, they don't actually fix. They just turn you into a robot and then you don't need healthcare. So. Man. That's my understanding. Got to get to Canada, man. Don't fact check it. It's true. I want that robot upgrade, man. <laughs> I know. But you got to move to Canada. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so we're here to talk today about uh, the Academy Awards of all things, the the ninety first Oscars. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of talking about the Academy Awards. So here's the thing. I mean, like you know, we looked at the list of all the best picture nominations, and there are some on there that made our best of 2018 list, which you can check out at backdashrow.com. But for the most part, uh, none of us, I think, are even really huge on award shows anyhow. But also, we weren't terribly thrilled with the picks or the categories. <laughs> no, so we it. decided, screw it. We're going to do our own, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of like the Razzies does their own. Right, except that we're still, I feel like we're still honoring things we like. Uh, yeah, see... <laughs> The Razzies, I did want to talk about that a little bit, the Razzies, because if there's anything more bullshit than the Academy Awards, it's the Razzies, because it's just about, like, awarding negativity, uh, like, highlighting that. And, like, when I look back to some, like, Razzie nominees and, and even winners in the past, there's, like, there's stuff on there, like, uh, Cruising, William Freaking's Cruising. Actually, I, I, I'm not sure if it won a Razzie, but it got, definitely got nominated, just like the thought of that. And that's become like a cult movie now. Or even like bad movies that I like. Or like, uh, for example, Ishtar was also a, a Razzie nominee. Uh, I know you, you recently saw that, Jenna. And it's, yeah, I loved it. It's definitely not close to being like a terrible movie, apparently. No way. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also didn't realize that the Razzies had been go going on so long that yeah, really things on that came out 20, 30 years ago were 
nominated. I didn't realize that. I thought it was like, yeah, you know, late nineties. That is very much along with the internet culture. Yeah. Uh, so this year, Grazi's like worst movies nominees are Gotti, uh, that new uh, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley comedy, Holmes and Watson, uh, The Happy Time Murders, uh, Brian Hansen's new movie, which is indeed terrible. Uh, and then Robin Hood and Winchester, which are two movies I'm not even aware existed. Oh my uh, god! Okay. I, I so Winchester wasn't great. Um, I I feel like I did see it, but the circumstances of the day leading up to it means I wasn't in the clearest of minds when I went to go see it. Right, that might be part <laughs> of it. I will As per say normal. Though, right? Yeah. I was like, come on, that's how I see most movies. But I will say that it had this really weird open like before the movie started of the two australian brothers who directed it being like introducing the movie and being like we worked really hard on this to make like Aww. a scary movie for you guys and so i hope you enjoy and my friend rhiannon who i went to go see it with who hates horror movies was like kept looking at me going like is that something that happens like before horror movies a lot <laughs> no <laughs> never never but it really did feel like you know i tried guys i tried Aww. um but as far as like you know just a regular run-of-the-mill maybe that's it with the razzies where it's like it's kind of dumping on something that was perfectly adequate yeah uh, but should have been better you know maybe mm. it's like how people say the worst song in the world is we built this city on rock and roll and it's not it's just that like all the talent involved it should have been better than that yeah. um so that's kind of what that's the most movies yeah no you're not wrong you are not wrong. One other Razzie nomination was uh, for Susan Sarandon in A Bad Mom's Christmas. Huh. Which, it, it's a, that, that is not a good movie. We recently saw that. Uh, Michelle and I saw that uh, around Christmas. It's a terrible movie. Not even funny in any way. And, okay, Susan Sarandon isn't great in that, but that's more like the movie's fault, I feel like. Like, how can you nominate Susan Sarandon for a Razzie? That's just... You, you can't do that, I feel. Yeah, so we're, you know, we don't want to be like that, that. Just, you know, alternative. But no, we, we're not into the being negative except when we're shitting on the Razzies. Right. That's fine. So, <laughs> so it's let like us... It's a negative plus a negative is a positive thing, you know. It's there like you if you shit on something negative, it becomes positive. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's just math. <laughs> yes. That's all movies are. So here we are now. We're going to have our, our first annual Back Row Academy uh, Awards. We're which, only 90 which... years behind the Oscars, y'all. <laughs> yeah, which we, we are either going to call the Back Rosies and hand people a, a golden rose uh, that, that looks a little bit wilted. Or uh, sure. we can call them like the the golden buddies or something no we should stick, stay away from golden anything i feel like we're just asking for trouble yeah and golden buddy sounds like i don't know like an airbud sequel so <laughs> what's wrong with airbud well nothing okay. nothing at all yeah that right. doesn't say a dog can't play basketball <laughs> you will believe <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> okay so let's get into our our academy awards here the back row academy awards and uh we came up with a a couple of uh 
categories and what we're the way this is going to work is we're going to bring up the category and then we are all going to uh nominate something and then we're gonna see if we want to vote on who wins or not (laughs) otherwise (laughs) we're all just gonna like vote for the one we nominated (laughs) probably okay let that be a rule maybe make that a rule we can vote for ourselves This is like it's like an elementary school election. Yeah. This is like Eurovision. It's going to turn political real quick. Okay, so <laughs> get personal. We're like up in each other's faces. Like, no, you're <laughs> out of order. So the first the the first category is best dream sequence. Well, uh, so I have a nomination, yes. um, and I nominate basically all of Let the Corpses Tan. Just the whole movie is sort of it's like a you know a lucid dream but it has this running sort of shared hallucination dream it's kind of unclear exactly what it is but all these people are having it and it's of a naked woman peeing gold on like while tied to a cross and peeing on a dude's face it gets like more involved as the movie goes along and it sounds while i'm saying it i know this it sounds like kind of ridiculous like, and sensational like a Yodowski movie but- yeah, but it's like, it, you know what? It's not too far from that. It has that, you know, that kind of um, this like, you know, I, the the people who do, they did, um, of course, I'm forgetting it now, The Strange Color Your Body's Tears. So they do have these very like, you know, sort of imagery over style over substance can kind of be uh, what you know sums up their their films but with this one it does have this like quasi-religious imagery where you know it looks like it's going for something that probably has to do with a lot larger theme but it's also totally a woman pissing on a dude's face while he's buried neck deep in the sand so the front part of your brain is going like i can't i don't know what you want me to get from this i like it but all i can see is a man being urinated on in gold and like bright, bright gold too, which is, you know, half the fun is that it was so colorful. Uh, but yeah, that, that whole movie has a lot of these like half real, half like not to be believed sequences. Um, and that's the one I would nominate. Sounds like some kind of Russell shit. <laughs> yeah, now, now I'm interested. Yeah. yeah. You should, also. I think you would really enjoy it, Janet, because it's also... You might not like Strange Color uh, because it is more of like those ridiculous Italian horror movies from the 60s that have absolutely no coherence. But this one is like a very stripped down spaghetti Western Italian one from the 60s (laughs) that have a little bit more coherence. I like Giallo's. I just uh, it just yeah, I don't know. It has to be visually striking enough that that it get it, it like grips me. You know what I mean? Like when it's then, just like a sexy lady being murdered, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. I can see this. I look out my window and see this. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I have a mirror. It's fine. But you know, like, I can get someone to murder me. Don't you worry. <laughs> Please don't yes. murder me, world. But <laughs> then I think I I think you would because it is very there's for both of them. There's a lot of visual stuff. Um, for let the corpses tan i think it's just it's less dense the imagery you know they didn't because it's more out in the open it's filmed out in this sort of dilapidated town it's like it's a western it really truly is like a spaghetti western just of 
it's it's on my list of 21st century westerns coming up later on notes from the back row 21st century westerns carlo do you have a best dream sequence uh well it's not really best dream sequence i couldn't really think of one scene that i saw in the movie in 2018 uh but i got to thinking how uh mandy is basically like that especially like the entire second half is just Mm. a big old dream sequence uh like a heavy metal infused fever dream you know so i'm giving my nomination to that by lack of a an actual dream sequence like there might have been dream sequences in that movie but i cannot remember but that's the way that movie just feels to me so yeah yeah that's sort of i mean they're they're I thought you were going to say there might have been dream sequences, but we're not sure which one was the dream sequence. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how I felt about that movie. Yeah, that's the thing with that movie. So you don't really, like, reality gets distorted in that movie, uh, like, the entire time, basically. Yeah, like, pretty much the everything after... Uh, the freak out? Well, no, I mean, like, yeah, like, because they already, I mean, like, they summon demons to come, yeah. like kill her (laughs) like that could have been fake but you know it also could have been real it's very realistic so yeah actually like the entire movie when you think about it (laughs) yeah okay i kind of like i like that one i i had a a little bit of i like (laughs) i i wasn't totally sure about this one either but i i came up with two things one funny enough which we, we even had a whole podcast on on a little bit a little bit negative about hereditary <laughs> but hereditary's dream sequences were pretty creepy and they definitely stuck with me and gave me nightmares because i'm a wuss so <laughs> i would definitely bring up hereditary but then if i want to be a little more and i know this maybe is not fair that i'm nominating two things <laughs> but i wanted to be a little more artsy with my choice I actually would choose the last sequence of like of, the Ballad of of Buster Scruggs. Oh, okay. I oh, thought what? you were going to say. I thought you were going to say like the last. Not even dream. That's why even when I nominated or you know brought this one up, it was like dream sequence kind of trip thing. The last part of Zama. 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 Oh yeah. Well, that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> but that was definitely. I mean, that definitely wasn't a dream. But it, it was dreamlike. Oh man, right, that was then, so good. <laughs> And it's like, you know, it's kind of like the Mandy thing where it's you guys are like, well, you know, it's not really happening or it might be happening, but it's like this kind of weird, you know, otherworldly mm. sort of sequence. Yeah. Well, see, I was going to say the the last sequence of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is it, it takes place. It either is it, it's one of these things, too, where it either is taking place or it takes place in like limbo or it, ah. it could easily be a, a dream. So I think that like all of those things, and if you want to know a little bit more about that, of course, I have an article in back row. Ha ha ha. This whole <laughs> podcast is a commercial for our website. Who knew? What's <laughs> on the plug row. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I think I would actually, I would go with hereditary because it's more of an actual dream. So right. I don't know. Let's see. Wh- who are we going to pick as the winner? <laughs> who are you asking? Um, <laughs> <laughs> The jury, the who, the jury, aka all of us. Well, maybe we can play some music. Well, I haven't we seen can, like, either of the two movies, so but that Ken Russell pissing scene sounds pretty intense. So, see, that's what I was thinking too. I think Vern wins this round. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Gee. Big 
ding, ding, ding. I came up with the category because I had one thing in mind I wanted to talk about, <laughs> and then it wins. <laughs> I like how this works. Democracy. <laughs> <laughs> the next category uh, is best on-screen death. Oh, yes. I'm excited for this one. <laughs> so I actually came up with this category, so I'll start this time. Uh I I probably picked this because I kept thinking about uh, a scene in the Sisters Brothers, which uh, was a movie that I liked. I didn't love, but it has an amazing death scene where they're basically using all of these chemicals uh, in the turn of the century to pan for gold. And whenever they pour it in the water, it lights gold up in the river. And uh, you know the time that this chemical gets introduced that the, it's not going to end well. <laughs> Sure, it's a rifle and, on the mantle. Uh, yeah, and it's also, you know, like when they're in the water, if they're in there too long, it, it starts to burn. So, uh, it, I, you know, you, you know where this is going, but uh, it, it has this sort of death that, like, was, was horrifying and also fascinating and made me try and Google what this chemical could have possibly been, which, even <laughs> though this, this story wasn't exactly based on, a like, a true story or anything, I mean, it's a book, but... Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty positive it's fiction. I still was like, I got to know what this is because it sounded exactly like the type of shit that just happens at the turn of the century. Uh, so I couldn't find any one thing. So if anyone, any uh, eagle eared and eyed listeners uh, want to tell me what that chemical was or what they even think could that chemical could have been, let me know because that's kind of the history shit that interests me. Did either of you see that movie? I did not. I didn't. No. I, I saw <laughs> an interview with John C. Riley though, where he was talking about. Uh, he says walking, watching Joaquin Phoenix act is like watching a raccoon go through garbage. Where he's just so focused, and you're never sure what he's gonna do. <laughs> That's literally what that that what he's like. A plus. And I was like, sure, I could see that. That makes sense. All right, who's next? Um, I'll go. I actually, I, I feel like I have a couple of, uh, of choices. I, I'm going to drop the let the corpses tan one because it's a good sequence, but yeah. But you um, already won. Right. So I actually, funnily enough, I have two options and they both come from two movies that I wasn't thrilled with, but I would have to say Olga's death in Suspiria uh, the mirrored room uh. scene, even though I didn't find it nearly as horrifying as you and me both, Jenna, like everyone else in the world apparently had to like lay down on the floor after that scene. But, <laughs> you know, you and I were kind of like, okay. I was like, All uh, right. I know my roommate was like, yeah, I really like, I didn't even look halfway through. I just kind of couldn't even stand it. And I was like, oh, okay. But I liked it. I thought it was an effective scene or, and this is kind of where I'm leaning more, Charlie's death in Hereditary. Because I will say, like, up the first half of that movie, I did really like. It just kind of lost me at the end. Um, but I thought Charlie's death was so good. And I thought it was, like, I loved Alex Wolf's performance in that scene. Just kind of sitting there, like, stock frozen and wide-eyed and just, like, so, so beyond panic. You know, where it's, a, like, panic turns over into calm because you just dilute yeah oh, i'm just gonna drive home and go to sleep this will all be okay in the morning uh, i just i really really loved that whole sequence that was like my favorite sequence in the movie true true carla uh yeah for my pick 
Um, you're probably not aware, but there was a new Leprechaun movie that came out recently. <laughs> they finally brought it back. We are aware, but only because we know you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, what can I say? I grew up with these movies, <laughs> like all those shitty horror movies, <laughs> like all the franchises. No, but they brought it back, and they this time they brought it back in a way that's like it used to be. Uh, they tried to reboot it before, but it was apparently it was just terrible, unwatchable. But this one is also a bad movie, but it's a bad movie in a way a Leprechaun movie is supposed to be a bad movie. Like, the tone is right. Um, and this movie is basically, uh, it's very, like, you know, it has, like, contemporary stuff in it about a bunch of girls who go back to the house of the first Leprechaun movie. And they try to go all, all organic, try to, you know, like, grow their own crops. And they've got, like, solar panels on the house and everything. And... This is like a really uh, like an 80s horror slasher kill that happens in it. Um, at one point, they're standing outside. I don't remember why, but one of the solar panels drops down from the roof and it basically slices one of them in half, but not like Ooh. not like back to forth half, like left to right. Like you've got like right. two pieces of cold cuts, you know? <laughs> Uh, so yeah i had to give it to that um because it's such a throwback like yeah like an 80s slasher movie kill basically and it was pretty well done it didn't look too fake too cgi like i think they they went mostly practical for that movie from aside from a couple of parts but yeah that's my vote did you did you ever see 13 ghosts i did yeah isn't there there's a similar, there's a similar kill in that yeah. where the guy gets like cut in yeah. half by the plate glass yeah exactly like yeah i rewatched that movie not too long ago in. and it's it's still not good <laughs> <laughs> it freaked me out when i was younger and i remember watching it when i was like a little older yeah. you know still like 10 years ago yeah. now um but i was like hysterically laughing i that movie like really <laughs> really messed me up sometimes when i leave stuff like hereditary or suspiria and everyone else is bugging out and it's not i'm just kind of i was like maybe i did something to myself when i was younger <laughs> like watching all these stupid stupid horror movies yeah. and like getting scared by them that now good stuff doesn't work yeah. <laughs> like oh no i gotta i gotta watch to tony shalhoub <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's in that movie. yeah he is in that movie and matthew lillard is in it as well <laughs> so what's not to love I mean... oh yeah right <laughs> doesn't get better than that folks uh yeah i i think um i actually might vote for jenna's in this one because that sounds like that sounds like my kind of death scene really <laughs> painful and oh long. yeah no it's Long and drawn out and horrifying. Yeah, sounds good. Right. <laughs> yeah, history was horrifying, turns out. Yeah, I'm giving it to Jenna as well because I voted for her in the other time, so got to even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to be yeah. fair. All right. Sisters <laughs> Brothers. Pretty decent movie. I think a movie that, uh, you know, didn't, didn't really get too much. I think people expected buzz and there wasn't much. I don't know. I haven't really heard much people talk about it. I saw it in theaters. I liked it. I didn't I don't love know it. if it I even played it. over here, like to be honest. Probably not. It barely yeah. played over here for what okay. it's worth. 
it was playing around here, but it was kind of in and out so mm-hmm. fast. I guess because it like sort of registered for me because I like Joaquin Phoenix. Um, but then it like, I don't know, it never popped up prominently enough for me to be like, oh yeah, that's right. I want to go mm-hmm. see that. It had a great cast. So anyhow, <laughs> next category is the uh, best depiction of madness. <laughs> Yeah. If you can't tell, we already have a very uh, specific type of category we're all going for here. (laughs) True. So, Carlo, do you want to start this one out? Uh, Yeah, sure. I got to go back to Mandy for this because, like, who else but Nicolas Cage is going to get this nomination from me? Oh, yeah. Like, the Master of of Freakouts, movie freakouts, the way he just loses it in Mandy once he sees his wife get, like, burned alive and he takes all that all those drugs and all that alcohol and in his like underwear sitting there uh yeah and then he just goes bananas for an hour so can't top that for me yeah you know i i actually i'm gonna have to agree it isn't what i chose but but nicholas cage is just going absolutely batch yeah. it and it made me so happy yeah absolutely <laughs> it was exactly what i wanted and he he only ups it and ups it and ups it and ups it to the point where that last scene literally in the last like five minutes of the movie where he's just covered in blood yeah. and like smiling at this like you know hallucination of his wife in the car next to him yeah. that like that made me so happy so insane. it was such a great yeah. scene i do gotta give like uh a mention to tom hardy and Venom, uh, which is a ah. which is a terrible movie, and it it's it's like a superhero movie from like two thousand and three. Like it isn't at all like what cur- uh, like current superhero movies are doing. Uh, it's like instantly outdated. But Tom Hardy, he does make that movie watchable, more watchable than it should be, because I'm I'm not really sure if he is like an actual person like the way he acts in that movie uh, it's all a bit off like there's something alien about that guy and i feel like he's en route to become like the next nick cage maybe so yeah oh dude he he could you ever you, you ever see bronson i did yeah um, yeah that's that's an all good yeah good, that's kind of Tom like Hardy performance. his performance that one too yeah you're just like oh boy he just goes you're from, really getting into this yeah yeah that's i like tom hardy for those reasons absolutely and yeah he brings some of that to venom he kind of sounded like well maybe i should save this for a later category but he he reminded me of uh like marlon brando and the godfather <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he sounds like he's speaking with marbles in his mouth like mm-hmm. the entire time and yeah he seems just really off like and yeah. but in the perfect way like i i you know i saw venom actually recently a friend screened it for me oh, yeah, okay. definitely not the type of thing that i would go out and see but uh it was it was totally fun it was basically a romantic comedy with a yeah. alien creature mm-hmm. and that's i'm into that yeah. <laughs> huh. that's funny <laughs> yeah i did not see venom yeah, I'm Tom Hardy's great though, but my vote is for uh, going back to Joaquin Phoenix. Um, you were never really here. I really enjoyed his like slow breakdown. Uh, that's I. I tend to like tortured characters anyway, but I thought his his hitman Joe 
was really, really, I think Joaquin Phoenix is, that's like kind of his, his wheelhouse where he's someone losing his mind because I think that like he has to, he has, he doesn't have the Nick Cage fun quality of crazy. He has to like focus that intensity on, no, he's you know, like sad, crazy, like of, like, but in you know the way that right. you're just like, ooh, like ah, uh, I really feel for this guy. It's you know almost a little real in where you're like, oh, you are crazy. Yeah. Like you're able to tap into this this mindset and act within it, but you are you are hitting something in your own brain, and that's what I really liked about you were never really here. I actually have, I have two picks again, but, um, one is like, I don't know. I'm, I'm undecided here. So here, here are my picks. One, I really want to nominate, um, the movie Possum, which was directed by Matthew Holness, AKA Garth Marenghi. And this didn't get released in theaters here, but I love Matt Holness. I actually met, I ran up to him on the street like (laughs) 10 years ago. And uh, like gushed how much I loved him, which probably which he was very, very friendly about. We took a photo. He was lovely. He was actually walking with Richard Ayawade down the street and Richard Ayawade. I know I was this is in London, obviously. (laughs) And Richard Ayawade was like went into a lamp store. And then anyhow, long story short, I was the creepy American that was like, I love you. And he was very nice. And we had a, a nice little chat. And. So I was so thrilled when I found out that he had a movie that came out la- uh, last year uh, called Possum, which is about this like children's puppeteer who returns to his dilapidated childhood home uh, and sort of is confronting it, it, it. The part of it is is figuring out what's happening. Uh, so I don't want to give too much away, but it, it it's about basically about him, uh, you know, dealing with his wicked stepfather or whoever this this guy is that's living in his house. And the movie in general kind of reminded me of like a mix of the Babadook and and um, uh, the Caretaker, which I don't know if you guys know about, uh, which um, is a Harold Pinter play. <laughs> and they made it into a movie, too, uh, which is pretty decent. It has Alan Bates in it and Donald Pleasance uh, from the 60s. But um, yeah, so anyhow, it's about this guy sort of confronting his his childhood and his past and, and in, you know, figuring out what's real and what isn't. And it's really creepy. There was a scene in the last 15 minutes that, again, granted, I'm, I'm pretty easy to scare, but um, there's a scene that made me literally recoil from my television <laughs> watching it. Like, I just completely like it. And I, that doesn't normally happen to me. Like, I'll jump. But this made me, like, try to, like, like fight or flight <laughs> so so i really liked it it was a really good it. movie so i definitely want to put that in there because it was a good depiction of someone going crazy and trying to work his shit out um but then i also like i i feel like i kind of have to throw this in but maybe this is secondary um is the house that jack built i think matt Dillon did a really good job uh sort of you know channeling all of Lars von Trier's neuroses and showing just how crazy he is because that movie is basically just a love letter from Lars von Trier to all of his problems so (laughs) yeah it was I did kind of want to go see it and I feel like it just never really played around here or it played at a time when you know but I always it's I kind of have like a weird I won't say love hate relationship with Lars von Trier because they're I don't think love is quite the word but it's like intrigue 
hate. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I'm that. Like, okay, I'm going to go see this. You know, or like, fine, fine. Yeah, I will. I will go see Nymphomaniac. Like, fine. I'll do this. And then uh, at the end, I'm always like, yeah, that's what I expected. <laughs> like, I expected to be angry and kind of like just tired by the end. I'm like, ugh. Go well, home. this movie is like three hours long, so oh you definitely God. feel angry and tired by the end i i reviewed this on letterboxd as if i did it by lars von trier uh referencing (laughs) (laughs) referencing the oj book because it's literally what this is it's this like you know the guy's a murderer but everything he does is like lars von trier problems and he just uses murder as like a very obvious metaphor for like his ocd the fact that he is shitty to women like that all of his movie making is like a murder and (laughs) But it does have a it has a really excellent Jeez. ending, which I don't want to spoil whatsoever. But uh, it kind of the whole thing kind of follows Dante's Inferno, so it's kind of the, it is a descent down into madness. And as far as that part of it is uh, goes, uh, it they it's pretty good, honestly, for that for that last fifteen minutes or mm. I don't even remember how long it the last section was because it was one of those movies, but. Um, yeah, Matt Dillon d- did a pretty good job. So I, d- I don't know. I'll give him you a nod. You should write there. a Dante double feature with the house that Jack built and Salo. Ah. I think that would be. <laughs> it would be the most uncomfortable and longest double feature in the history. Oh my God, that's like a, wor- a full work but... day of two movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be like six hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So who wins this one? You know what? I'll give it to I'll vote for Possum because that really intrigued me. And as much as I love Joaquin Phoenix's performance, I you know how many Joaquin Phoenix movies should win in one award <laughs> show? Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it to Possum as well. I haven't seen it, but I do love Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, so let's give it to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I met Noah Fielding at a at Sketchfest a couple really? of years ago, and I was he was like he, he was so attractive that I kind of stumbled over and forgot his name and just went like oh, Mighty Boosh. He was very polite and shook my hand. It was like laughing about we just saw like this you know crazy show, and he was still laughing about it, and he was talking about the one guy he liked who he thought was the funniest, and then I was just kind of like. <laughs> walked away so it was you know <laughs> he was just like you i mean i i knew it already i could see but it's like you know when you see someone in person and oh, it's yeah. just like oh you're so proportionate and your hair is so nice <laughs> now i don't know what to say i feel like there's very few people anyway. that nowadays like in my 30s i would get really starstruck by but i think noel fielding and julian barrett 100 <laughs> percent I would be so thrilled. That's like something would give me a heart attack. I'd have to like like work my way up to talking to them. Do you remember when we walked past Matt Damon like twice? <laughs> we in like wouldn't notice. <laughs> and but we went we, you know, we went back because we were you were like, was that Matt Damon? I was like, I don't think so. I think that was just an average man. <laughs> we like walked past I was like, oh and there was cameras and <laughs> shit there too. Like it wasn't even movie. like we had to guess. We like totally missed. We it. were like, Oh, I guess that is Matt Damon. Huh. Just looked like a guy. Yeah, just a guy. Um, okay, the next category just so average. is the best depiction of childhood. Yes. Um, so I'll, I'm gonna I'll drop the Florida Project because I realize that I'm in my own rules. It's uh, that came out in 2017. Um, but Madeline's Madeline, I thought had 
that would be my vote because it really had, I know she's a teen, uh, but a lot of times when they show like awkwardness in teens in movies, it's still kind of cute. It's still sort of endearing. And this was the first like very real depiction of awkward teenage teenager where it wasn't like charming. And sometimes you really would like, I wouldn't want to be around this person. Like this person is really is very uncomfortable. Um, So I applaud it for that because that was that was like half the movie to me was just like, wow, I really love this character. I don't want to be near this character, but I love that we're putting her on screen. Yeah, the um, Helena Howard, Helena Howard. She was amazing. Like, I can't wait to see her do other stuff. And funny enough, this is what I chose too. actually. This was my, my nomination was Madeline's Madeline, because part of it, part of it, I agree with what 100 percent what you just said, that it it is this like very realistic. You know, it's a teen who feel you you feel like you knew her in high school or you knew of her in high school kind of thing, because she probably didn't have very many friends. Right. Uh, But she was intriguing, but she was a little too messed up. And, you know, uh, like you weren't totally sure what to do with her or she was really nice some days and not other days kind of thing. Like she feels really real. She felt like someone that I I knew in high school. The scene where she starts hitting on her like the director's husband, she's like coming on to him in the kitchen was like, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, cringy and uncomfortable. But you're just sitting there going like, what are you doing? How can you possibly think that this is appropriate behavior? Like, how how can you think that? But then you just realize like this, this is the character. She's just like, following what other people do. And this is just something she sees people, you know, behavior she sees, and she's repeating it back. See, now I I had friends who did that in high school, and I had to talk them out of it. But yeah, no, I agree. Like the thing that that really uh, that I would, you know, point to, especially about childhood is that um, she is in that that space so clearly where she's in between literally being a child and thinking she is an adult. And that was really intriguing, because I that doesn't get captured so well so often. And then the other thing was just the whole dynamic between her and her her mother and and mothers in general, and yes. that this movie to me really felt like it was about um, grow like growing up and then seeing all of realizing how flawed your parents are, realizing that the authority figures are actually not uh, you know infallible, but then real and then trying to figure out what the boundaries actually are, and then dealing with her trauma and. Uh, you know, just the, it's like the growing pains in general. So I, yeah, I, that, that would be my choice too. Yeah. I really loved the, I almost wanted to make a category of like best mother daughter uh, relation on screen <laughs> relationship. And then realize it's just cause if I wanted this one where you, it was so good. Cause it like so clearly demonstrated how parents often give advice from a place of concern and how damaging that can be to a child even when the parent is really thinking they're doing like everything they're they're really helping you know it's nothing about it is has malice or anything besides pure love except that it comes from this place of just of terror of being like I don't want you to be hurt I don't want you to be disappointed and it kind of you know it can be very sort of clips wings in a lot of ways. And I thought that was a great, great depiction because you did feel for the mom, but you also wanted to be like, shut up, (laughs) get off her back for a minute. Carlo. Uh, Yeah. So for my vote nomination, um, I was thinking about black banter. Like I don't want to sound like a broken record with these superhero movies and I'm not even that super into them, but 
guess what most of what we get over here is it's, it's mainstream movies so that's what you go out to see if you want to go to the theater uh but this is probably the reason as well that black panther got nominated for like best picture which to me is kind of like a stretch i think it's just the academy awards kind of like compensating because they wanted to do this like popular movie uh category but then ended up uh, not doing that but they did give it like a best picture nomination but there was some like real stuff in that like michael b jordan's character gets like introduced as like this kid who uh is growing up in the projects and stuff uh which you know that kind of like environment it's not something i can relate to but it, it did give that movie something extra that most other superheroes do not have um it made it more real it it, it just like goes through it uh in like you know like uh, sociological issues and stuff um and the other one is blockers is a comedy that came out last year oh i didn't see That's that one actually... yeah with john cena yeah with john cena and ike barinholtz leslie mann came out last year surprisingly good actually pretty funny um this is if you don't know it's about like uh, a couple of teenagers they um form like an uh, a losing virgin losing their virginity pact uh when they're going to the prom and uh, most of it is about well it, it sort of starts out that it's about their parents and they they're like freaking out they find out about the pact and they want to stop them and but it's also about the kids a lot more than you think it's going to be at first and it really like humanizes them uh in a really good way i feel like um like the way the kids and the parents eventually like you know come together and like uh have some real talks about it there's like one of the kids also thinks that she's gay and she's going through a whole through a whole thing with that there's a lot of love for those characters in there and you know like that teenage depiction of like uh uh you know like sexual insecurity and everything uh it's not something that's necessarily uh, a thing that you see in like a mainstream comedy that might seem kind of lowbrow but that was pretty surprising in blocker so yeah i think that actually might have my vote there because i feel like that is the more sort of universal thing and and we like to be uh sex positive here at background <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah right give uh plus i'm always complaining about how award shows overlook comedies yeah so do. <laughs> you know everyone always always makes fun of the fact that marissa tomei won an oscar for my cousin Vinny, but like that's a great performance yeah, i don't know she's why amazing in that movie and that's that's a pretty good movie as well like for a comedy yeah so, so yeah i'll give it to the comedy why not Okay, cool. <laughs> I like our low-key voting. Yeah, you go. You win and you win. We're all Oprah. The next category is Best Actor. That should be our slogan. We're all Oprah. The next category is is uh, Best Actor or Actress who looked like someone else in a role. And this was Carlo's... Uh, Carlo actually made a beautiful uh, graphic that we will definitely post uh, on the back row site uh, with this podcast so that yes. you can see it so i'm gonna let carlo lead this one yeah i just whipped that up in like a hot second uh because like 
I know a lot of movies like Venom and, Aqu and Aquaman and Rampage. I know you guys haven't seen those, probably. Um, I had like a bunch of people because I feel like that's a thing that happens to me a lot. Like I see someone and they remind me of someone else, but it seemed to happen a lot less last year for some reason. Um, like just the other week, I went to see Aquaman just because I had some time. And at a certain point, Patrick Wilson shows up in that. And I'm like, holy shit. This... I, for a second, I thought Julian Sands was back. And I don't know how aware you are of who Julian Sands is. Uh, he was in like some shitty 90s horror movies called Warlock and Warlock 2, <laughs> The Armageddon, which I actually like a lot, both of those. Uh, he was, <laughs> was also like, those movies are great. Yeah, and in uh, Arachnophobia, I also had like a bit role. I don't know if he's been in like any bigger movies, but he's one of those guys. He he can't like give you half-assed performances. He really goes all in. Uh, someone I really like. So I was kind of excited. I'm like, holy shit, it's Julian Sands and Aquaman, but it's, it's just Patrick Wilson. So okay, whatever. <laughs> That's fine as well. <laughs> Uh, the other one what I have was uh, at the end of Venom, there's like a little stinger that, yeah, you know, these superhero movies that they just have a habit of doing. And Woody Harrelson shows up as a character who's I think is going to come back in the second movie. But he has this ridiculous red curly mop top. I was like, uh, Carrot Top? He looks terrible. Is, is, yeah, is, he is, looks exactly is, like Carrot Top. Is Carrot Top back now as well? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I, I kind of wish it was, it was Carrot Top. Like, if you see what Carrot Top looks like these days. Yeah, he basically <laughs> looks like Woody Harrelson. Like, he looks like a better version, so... Yeah. Like a, like a more leathery <laughs> version of Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Okay, and... He looks like Danny Bonaducci became a supervillain. <laughs> okay so number three i had like these are all nominations uh, uh, for my part uh, uh, this one i feel kind of bad for nominating because i love sandra bullock like uh, <laughs> it's kind of cruel of me to include this but she definitely starting to look like she's had some work done and i like for a hot second while watching oceans eight i was like she's kind of starting to look like michael jackson <laughs> And it's, it's really it's kind of true it's kind of freaking me out uh i, I know you I, I i said this to you uh jenna when i when i just uh when i just uh, saw it and you agree with me so it's not just me uh which is a relief so i'm not just being cruel here i don't know like i couldn't tell if it was one of those things because i know that there's a cgi where they that you can you know you can blur people essentially um mm -hmm. I, I i forgot the name of it and you know, like in Resolve or whatever, whatever people, whatever mm -hmm. things people are using now. But, it, uh, you know, it's it, I know that like it, you can make people look more youthful, which is something that they're doing anyhow, yeah. kind of like what the new Pee Wee movie did. Yeah, that's, that looks kind of weird. And I'm well. like, I can't tell if that's what happened here or if she just got like really bad yeah. plastic surgery, which like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if that happened. But like then you see photos of her and I'm like, nah, she looks okay. Yeah. But like, yeah, in this movie she looks really weird. Yeah, she does. She does. Kind of freak me out. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, Rampage was it, which is a Dwayne Johnson The Rock movie. Jeffrey Dean Morgan shows up in that, and he reminded me a lot of Sam Elliott. Uh, Sam Elliott, who I love as well. Uh, like he had that kind of swagger, and he just kind of reminded me of him. And lastly. This is kind of a joke nomination. I've got Joel McHale 
and uh, the David Wayne movie about like National Lampoon, uh, a futile and stupid gesture. And this is a joke nomination because I wanted to include it because the movie kind of knows uh, it, it, it is in on the joke, the fact that Joel McHale looks nothing like Chevy Chase as a young as a young guy but they still cast him he does kind of talk like chevy chase though in that movie so he does have that down sort of but it's kind of like this entire joke within the movie he's also got like this super fake looking wig on which is supposed to make him look like chevy chase uh so yeah i think that's my favorite of all those actually (laughs) i'd go for that one that's i love joel McHale. yeah he's great (laughs) Did you have one, Vern? No, I, I to be honest, I kind of skipped this category. So I don't know if we're talking oh, wow. about like, I know. Brazenly disrespecting the back rosies, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I was like, I haven't, I didn't see Vice yet. And I was like, I'm just going to vote for that one because I love Christian Bale. Um, <laughs> but that seems like the worst. See, that's funny I, because I, I like, I almost was going to say that, like, I would nominate Stan and Ollie just because, mm. uh, oh, yeah. John's, like, they yet. both look great. Yeah. Like, Steve Coogan, like, they, they both did a great job. But that's almost not really in the spirit of what this category is about. So right. Instead... This is a Carlo category for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. No, well, Carlo's just thought about it longer, I think. And, and he's totally <laughs> dead on, by the way. Again, look at those photos on our, our site. But uh, my, 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 my sort of joke uh, nomination is... The movie Happy as Lazaro, the, the it, which I don't know if you guys saw. It's on Netflix yeah. for what it's worth. But um, the main character is this very sort of like curly haired, blank faced uh, young boy or not young boy, young man. I don't know. He's like older teen, 20s. And he kind of like walks <laughs> around very serenely and smiles at everyone. And you think something might be a little bit off, but he is just very like, like chill all the time. But the way that he walks around all the time, the way like with this face, he reminded me of the poster for the 40 year old virgin. <laughs> so that's my nomination. Okay. <laughs> I like that one too. Sweet. So it's a tie between Joel McHale and the 40 year old virgin. I'm going to give it to Joel McHale because I also, I, I actually, I wanted to see that movie and I totally missed yeah, it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Like yeah, it's, it's not like the too. best David Wayne comedy. But I appreciate the fact that it's about like a piece of history, uh, like comedy history with like the old National Lampoon thing and Will Forte is in it. And there's like a bunch of great, great comedians in that movie. So it works more like as a drama slash light comedy. But yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. Nice. All right. Next category is a uh, best movie with a surprisingly low view count on Letterboxd. That's so specific. That's so Dan. <laughs> this is definitely I Dan's over category. This one too. <laughs> well, so I I tried I looked this stuff up a little bit uh and I'm I'm going to nominate the documentary Hal, which is about Hal Ashby. That mm. came out last year and it only it has less than a 1000 views on Letterboxd, which I think is disgusting. I think <laughs> How dare you? I feel like a lot of the reviews I saw for it were like sort of lukewarm. Oh, really? It was great. I love Hal Ashby. It was just like this really loving look at him. I really didn't know that much about him, quite frankly. So this was great. I mean, like as far as 
documentary goes, it's a little bit, you know, it's very linear. It's just like, here's, here's who he was. You go through every single movie. They give you background information on each movie. They give you clips and then you kind of, and then, you know, eventually he dies kind of thing. So, (laughs) you know, as far as it being a a very exciting documentary with brand new info, I I don't know about that, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think Hal Ashby is amazing and I, he deserves everyone to watch a documentary about him. Dope. Uh, so my pick as well by it's it's sort of like one of my call it an Oscar snub, if you will, a uh, movie I talked about as well in my uh, top 10 list of 2018, uh, Blind Spotting. It doesn't really have a low letterbox view count. It's at like 20K, which is pretty reasonable. Like it's actually not even bad when you consider that movie was like mismarketed and everything and didn't even come out here officially um but just like as a way to get more people to watch blind spotting because it's amazing and it's the best movie from 2018 for me from what i've seen uh and it deserves to be seen by a lot more people than 20,000. uh well according to leatherbox 20,000. so yeah i'll give it to that yeah it was a big deal around here but you know Mainly because it was filmed in Oakland. Yeah. Do you have anything, Vern, that is just like you you think wasn't publicized a lot? Um, no, because I feel like my whole problem with 2018 was that everything was like hyped up. Um. So even even sort of like the weirder stuff I saw, I feel like I saw so many coming attractions before I saw the actual movie. Um. And I don't use Letterboxd, so sorry. I'm going to just I'll skip on this one. Wow. God damn it, Dan. Rude. <laughs> uh, I guess Not I'll just throw in, for, for the sake of it, I'll throw in Can You Ever Forgive Me, which I thought was was pretty good movie and, and has great acting. Amazing. Um, Richard E. Grant and... Uh, I love Richard E. Grant. I love his weird face. And, and Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's it's a great it's based on a true story uh, I didn't I mean let's see Letterbox has like 9,500 mm. reviews so that's not the worst but yeah I don't know like I, it, I, this is something I think should have been nominated for Oscars for sure and, and seem to be I, I think it might be nominated for, for like adapted screenplay or something like that but it's a really interesting story about a, like a middle-aged uh, gay woman teaming up with a middle-aged gay man to like screw over a bunch of rich white people. So mm-hmm. like, I'm into it. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so let's see who wins. I- I'm going to all vote for blind spotting because uh, you guys love that so much. And I, I really wanted to see it and I missed okay, out. I- yeah. I vote for blind spotting too. Oh, okay. I was going to vote for Vern, but it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Yeah, my choice is definitely the best. My choice of all right, we can give you know what? Let's give let's give Vern a a, a, an award for not using the internet. (laughs) I use the internet. I just don't use social media. (laughs) Nothing good is on social media. (laughs) Well, well, thanks. (laughs) I mean, except for back row, like us on Facebook. Yay. Okay, the last category, and I think probably the most back row category, is the best thing that made you laugh. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Who's going to go first? Um, 
I actually, so I'll, I'll nominate. Um, I, I thought about this and thought about this. I'm sure that there is, I'm sure like after we record this, I'm going to kick myself and be like, Oh, that one pratfall and that one movie. But, um, all I can think of is Mandy. Mandy just made me <laughs> gleeful. Mm. It just made me so mm. happy. And even though there's nothing in that movie that's like laugh worthy because it's really depressing and really horrible. <laughs> Actually, you know what? There's two things that made me laugh. The line where he's like, you exude a dark cosmic energy, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Well, that's just then, funny. That's just good writing. And then Cheddar Goblin. Oh, yeah. Cheddar Goblin. Oh, my which, God. Which made me straight up like question if that was a real thing I or not that, until it started to vomit cheese. I, I want so. that to be a standalone movie. I think like, I know. like Thanos Cosmetos or like uh, uh, one of his uh, writer buddies was like, yeah, we want to make like maybe uh, a Ghoulies movie. Bring that shit back. I'm like, oh my God, yes. Like Cheddar Goblin. Just bring that shit back, please. <laughs> that would be amazing. Totally. Uh, so yeah, my pick for thing that made me laugh most again, Joel McHale and a futile and stupid gesture. Uh, so the scene is... Um, like everyone from National Lampoon is like gathered at uh, what's his name, Doc Kenny's, uh, the the guy who uh, started National Lampoon, like at his like I don't know like his beach house or whatever, and there's like a big party, and Joel McHale is there and he has like a big uh, like a tray of cookies and he's just eating the cookies and like at one point he just stops like dead in his tracks. And he just dumps the cookies out of the window and he just fills his tray up with like a huge mountain of cocaine. And that <laughs> made me laugh so hard because, yeah, I don't know, just the way that, way that he did it and everyone was just doing ca uh, cocaine so casually there. Uh, yeah, that made me laugh a lot. I also like that he dumps them out the window, yeah. not even like onto the table or something. No, it's just it's like, like this one extra little. Yeah. <laughs> just get rid of that. I want cocaine. Uh, nobody wants these. I want cocaine, not cookies. <laughs> what am I doing? I'm eating? That's weird. You could be putting things up my nose. Jesus. <laughs> Much better. So my official vote is for Emma Stone's face in The Favorite because it made me laugh so many times. <laughs> she has so many great facial expressions. The one line where uh, she's like kind of manically thinking out loud and talking to herself and her, you know, quasi boyfriend is in the room and he interjects with something and she goes quiet while I'm thinking I just shush she just like hushes him and goes back to just being she's like I'm sorry but hush and like goes back to being like manic little whisperings um I also and this is like just petty but I'm gonna nominate like the last 10 minutes of hereditary because at that point I had been lost on that movie and so nothing it's like hard yeah, horror is one of those things that if you're not if you're not going with it, it doesn't work because it's always going to be kind of ridiculous. And I had already hit that point of like, I don't think I'm going with this anymore. So the last when you're not getting freaked out, the last 10 minutes of that movie are like side splitting. You know, I was I wasn't laughing out loud because I don't like to be a dick to, you know, people who are wrapped up in something. But I did kind of have to like, <sighs> like muffle into my chest a little. Oh um so, um, but my official vote is for the favorite Emma Stone's face. I liked the Olivia Coleman made me laugh in the favorite a lot. The scene where oh, she's yeah. walking out of the the door and there's like a little boy guard 
she's like, <laughs> don't look at me. And then he, look at me. Don't look at me. Like that. That was good. I like that. Yeah, there was. There was a lot of things in that movie that made me laugh. And I think that was one of the only movies where I was okay with like the title card thing, the like breaking it up into chapters. At first I wasn't, but then they started to, they started to remind me of the, the bumpers for Frasier. <laughs> so I liked them. I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Frasier. That's good. It is nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing puts me in a better mood than being reminded of Frasier. Yeah. So it explains so much. <laughs> it is, it's a great show, it is. but yeah, so that would be my official vote and hereditary if I'm just being catty. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give my vote to Vern. Well, actually, <laughs> to, Emma actually Stone. to Emma Stone because she can get yeah. my vote. That is <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Well, I'm a I'm a sheep, so I'm just gonna go for it <laughs> and, and vote for the favorite. Ah, look, landslide. <laughs> yeah, I guess we don't. You know, it's actually better that we don't have four people because now we don't really need tiebreakers yeah. or anything. Even if you didn't <laughs> want to give it to Emma Stone, she already won. So, so there it was, the first annual Back Row Academy Awards <laughs> with the golden back rosies. Given out to all the winners. Congratulations, winners. Thanks. Oh, I feel like we should like we should all sing a song now, but I don't we didn't prepare one. <laughs> right. Yeah, we gotta maybe all do a little tap a dance. We should have oh, had a best original song category. <laughs> what kind of kids eat armor hot dogs? Skinny kids. Skinny kids. Kids who climb on rocks. <laughs> Tough kids. Whoopie kids. <laughs> Things you learn from The Simpsons, Jenna. Come on. Exactly. Uh, I knew that it was from The well, Simpsons. Well, well, it is and it isn't. <laughs> Does this family know any songs that aren't commercials? <laughs> I feel like chicken tonight, like chicken tonight. Let's just do a Simpsons podcast now. Let's throw the yeah, whole back yeah, row thing out. Yeah, we need to do that. Like movie references in The Simpsons. We should definitely do that. Yes. I started yeah, making a list. I think that would be a really good yes. one. That needs to happen. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you know, see you, see you uh, in the skis as Carlo likes <laughs> yes, to reference like a, a Simpsons like thing. A Simpsons quote. <laughs> see you in the skis. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. Leave him laughing. <laughs> Thank you.